Welcome to the Deep Impact Investing Podcast with Kimberly Griego-Kyle on behalf of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. In this podcast, I discuss sustainable impact investing, how to create portfolios that match your values, and a variety of other topics such as financial education, environmental sustainability, social justice, and sustainable food systems. Do you want to know if your investments seek the kind of accountability from corporations that you demand? Listen in as I explore the burning question, are you investing like you give a damn? Hello and welcome to Deep Impact Investing with Kimberly Grego Kyle from Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. Kim, so good to see you again. How are you? It is good to hear you see you again. <laughs> <laughs> we we do actually hear each other a little bit. Or, I mean, see each other a little bit, but um yeah, it's nice to be on with you. I miss you. Yeah, this is we don't do this frequently enough. No. Um, so what's going on in your world? What's going on? Well, I just came back from Washington, D.C. Oh. Which, yeah, so that relates to who I have as a guest on today. Oh, that's exciting. All right. Yeah. D.C. is always an interesting place to go, right? Yeah. So today my guest is Rachel Curley, who is the U.S. CIF, or the U.S. Sustainable Investment Forum uh, Policy Director. And this is a new job for her. <laughs> she recently came on board just before this whole uh, convergence of advisors and other important people in our industry into Washington, D.C. So, Rachel, thank you for being on today. Thanks so much, Kim. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, good. I'm glad because sometimes people get a little nervous about this, but don't be nervous. We're just going to have a little chat, you and I. Okay. Full disclosure, I did um, radio in college, so I'm <gasps> ready and prepared. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. I love it. Great. Okay. Well, radio is live and the, you know, so <laughs> you're used to it, but um, I just want to mention as we get started on this, that I am a board member of the U.S. Uh, of USF and, um, uh, and Rachel, of course you are, uh, how long have you been there now at USF? Oh my gosh, I started at the beginning of April. So what oh. is two months, two months yeah. and change. <laughs> so barely enough time to even understand what you were doing before you were dumped <laughs> into the fire, so to speak. <laughs> because, and I say that because we are actually going to talk today about the um, the reason we were in DC and, you know, we're going to go through a lot of different things, but um, we were there for lobbying. So that's where we're going to go. Um, Rachel, what do you want to tell us about yourself? Where did you come from before USF? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so before USF, I was at Public Citizen, which is a nonprofit organization um, that focuses on a bunch of sort of policy areas. And I was actually working on um, environmental, social, and governance risk disclosure or ESG disclosure as a policy area at Public Citizen. Um, I started focusing on requiring uh, corporations to disclose their political activities um, and then sort of migrated into the broader kind of ESG conversation in general, focusing on climate and um, worker issues and human rights and the other sort of pieces of data that investors want to get their hands on. Um, so I was working on it from a 
you know, sort of public interest, public policy perspective. Um, and so I'm familiar with the space. And that's, that's very exciting, because you literally were dumped right into the fire here. And I love policy work. So before we get started, I want to just talk about who USF is and what we do at um, at USF. We're, we're mainly do education and research and policy. And of course, these are three very important areas. We are just going to focus today on policy. So Hill Day is what we call it. Yeah. At USF, it was is it part of a, a two day event. Well, three for me. I had a board meeting first, right, and then we did Hill Day, and then we had Member Day. So before we go into talking about Hill Day, Member Day is important. Where any of the members who um, want to participate can come, hear what's going on with USF, and it was kind of exciting because we got to introduce our new. CEO. Yep. That was really fun. Yeah, that was great. It was fun. She's amazing. Um, So we'll, we'll save that piece for another time, but let's talk about the goal for Hill Day from your perspective as a policy consultant or, you know, the policy person. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, just to get back to basics, you know, we have a right in the First Amendment to sort of um, petition our government for redress of grievances, which is a really sort of (laughs) old school phrase just to mean that, um, you know, your members of Congress work for you. And so um, Hill Day is a really incredible opportunity for USF members to come and meet with their members of Congress, both in in the House of Representatives and in the Senate, um, and talk to them about our industry talk to them about, you know, what is important to USF members, why, you know, as investors, we need more information about companies in order to make sort of sound investment decisions. Um, And Kim, you are probably familiar, but there, I don't know if, if everyone listening knows, but likely does that there have been a lot of attempts by folks who are not professional investors to sort of define what ESG is. And Rachel, has there been? No, I'm just kidding. It's been a nightmare, really, right? I mean, it's just been yes. a crazy period of time in in terms of being an investment advisor or, um, you know, a, a manager of a mutual fund, any kind of portfolio management. It's been very, very difficult, and I, I suppose even for actual investors. So yes, it's a a very interesting time that we live in in terms of of talking to our elected officials and dispelling some of the myths that are being thrown out there. We're not going to talk about the anti-ESG folks. <laughs> we want to talk about what we did at Hill Day. And I just want to say, you know, I I really enjoy the process and and I know it's intimidating to some people, but honestly, the f- people that you're speaking with, uh, usually staffers, you you it's pretty lucky if you get to actually speak with uh, your senator or congressperson, um, mm-hmm. but uh, you know the staff people are incredibly knowledgeable and very friendly, and they were, in, in my experience, um, over this entire day, I had four meetings, all very interested to hear what it is we have to say and share, and definitely um, ready to pass on all that information. 
So when you set up these, and you do, you set up meetings for mm-hmm. all of us who want to participate. Yep. How do you go about doing that? And what what's your thought process around that? Yeah, so we thought um, a lot about sort of who we wanted to meet with. We thought, you know, it's most important that our members get to meet with their members of Congress. Um, you know, it's again for the for the redress of grievances, but also just, you know, the members of Congress want to hear from their direct constituents. Um, so we had folks, you know, send us their addresses so we could look up who their members of Congress were. Um, and then we went through and sort of did some 3D chess to figure out, you know, uh, who has overlapping members, where they're coming from the same places. Um, And then we put folks in groups and then we sent out the requests to staff on the Hill. And um, I have to say the response was really excellent. We heard from almost everyone that we reached out to, to set up a meeting. Um, So we were really thrilled about that. Yeah. The group I was in, uh, we saw three Democrats, um, two from Oregon, which is where I am currently living, right? Mm-hmm. One from North Carolina. Um, and then, uh, oh, I'm forgetting where the the Republican was from. I uh, Anyway, I'm trying, I'll have to go back and look. But what was interesting about our group is that one of the four people in our group was actually an investor, mm-hmm. which was super interesting to have along. I've never had that uh, in, in the groups that I've been in before. And just listening from her perspective, what was important um, was was fascinating. I, I enjoyed working with her. Now, how many meetings overall? Yes. So we had 40 meetings, um, including a few that we set up at the Securities and Exchange Commission. Mm. That's very exciting. I did not get to participate in that one, but I know that's pretty limited. So um, we're going to come back to that because I want to talk about what was happening with the SEC. Mm-hmm. And tell me what the Democratic versus Republican breakdown was in these meetings. Yeah, so we had 51 U.S. CIF members come in from 16 states plus the District of Columbia. Um, and so, again, we set up meetings based on where folks were coming from. And so we met with four Republicans and then the rest of them were Democratic offices. Oh, so I got lucky and had one of the uh, four Republicans. Uh, I just want to say that um, the staff person that we met with was very open and very interested and I think someone said along the lines that they don't have to take these meetings, mm-hmm. um, you know, but uh, they do because they also, you know, want to hear what's going on, I think, on the other side. And, you know, especially when we we have a um, I don't want to disparage Republicans because that's not the point of the show. But, um, you know, they they tend to feel a little bit differently about what we're doing in the uh, responsible impact investment space. Mm-hmm. So our policy objectives for this event, where would you, what would you say was the most important of the three things that we were doing there? Yeah. So I think the most important thing that we planned for going into Hilde was just to educate the members of Congress that we were meeting with about um, our members about USF, about the field, um, and about what is important to them as investors and managers. 
Great. Education, which again is a key USF component. Yep. So we're not only educating investment advisors, we are educating our congressional representatives. So that's, I think, very important because we think that our representatives um, and senators are going to just have this broad understanding of everything that happens to go through <laughs> our right. system, right? And it's impossible to really have a broad understanding of everything. Exactly. So when we, yeah, so when we show up there, um, they may be very pro um, sustainable investing, uh, but they may not have a really broad understanding of what that looks like. So that was our first thing. Exactly. The other thing, yeah, the other thing was really exciting is talking about the caucus in the house. And so we got to hear that morning from one of the two uh, gentlemen who created the caucus in the house. Tell us what this caucus is and why it was important. Yes, absolutely. Um, yes, we were very fortunate to have the two co-founders of the Congressional Sustainable Investment Caucus join us for this week in D.C. So we heard from Congressman Juan Vargas, Democrat from California, and Congressman Sean Kasten, Democrat from Illinois. Um, and the caucus is great because it's a it's a really um sort of important way to organize members of the House around the topics of sustainable investing. So um, members can join the caucus, and then the caucus has been providing um, events and briefings for the staff of those members. Um, they're also planning a briefing for members themselves um, to come to and hear from experts in our field. Um, and then, you know, the caucus is also sort of a resource as things come up. So as legislation gets passed, as there are hearings on this issue, um, you know, the caucus becomes a sort of central resource for members to come to and say, hey, I don't know what question to ask at this hearing. You know, can you help me figure it out? Um, so it's a critical tool on the Hill, and we're really excited to be partnering with them. Yeah. And one of the things we were really asking, uh, specifically the Democratic members that we were meeting with, is please join the caucus. I was kind of surprised, actually, at how few of our representatives and senators were were members. Actually, it's not senators. This is just in the House. So um, it, it's it's interesting that there were so few involved, yet they're interested in the topic. So we really got to go in there and rally asking them to join I want to say, you know, I'm looking, I finally pulled up while we were talking my list of who I, who we spoke with. And uh, it was so exciting for me, honestly, to, I, I know a lot of people don't think of this as an exciting prospect of doing this, but I got to meet with someone from Senator Wyden's office, a Democrat here in Oregon. And he was probably on the first slate of elected officials that I ever voted for <laughs> way back when <laughs> long time mm -hmm. ago. <laughs> yeah. He's been in the, in um, politics since the um, early mid eighties. Mm -hmm. So uh, I just dated myself. So our second meeting of the day was with uh, a Republican. They were very interested in what we had to say and very welcoming in terms of, um, you know, honestly, just taking the meeting and sitting down with us. So it felt very productive. Um, you know, That's one good. of the the folks who, uh, you know, was participating in our group 
um, was in that case lobbying her own um, legislator. So I think that made it even more important and um, a, again, a very good meeting. That's great. Now, yeah. So when we talk about focusing on um, talking to our legislators about this information, getting them on board, helping them understand what's happening. Um, what would you say as a, I'm going to call you a policy expert at this point. <laughs> Ooh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what would you say is the most important piece or a thing to do when you sit down with usually staff members of your um, congressional representatives? Yeah, I mean, I think the most important thing is to build a relationship with those staff. Um, so, you know, you want to let them know that you are an expert on this issue and you are available to, you know, provide more details and more experience um, as, you know, a member of the sustainable investing field. Um, and so it's really important to, you know, build a good rapport, let them know that you're available and you want to be in touch um, and then sort of starting to cultivate that relationship so you can continue to be available as these issues move um, on Capitol Hill. Excellent. I, I appreciate you um, saying that and telling folks uh, how that can work. Um, now, I want to take a little bit of a shift, not a whole lot, but a little, <laughs> and talk about the SEC meeting. Yeah. And why, first of all, um, let's talk about the point of the meeting. Can you share that? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Folks may or may not know that the Securities and Exchange Commission is the sort of regulatory agency that oversees our capital markets. So they are creating regulations that affect investors every day. Um, and so recently, the SEC has been working on regulations that would require companies to disclose more of their climate risks. Um, and also they have previewed that they will likely release a proposal around um, workforce issues and the risks and opportunities that those prevent for investors that those present for investors. Um, so we wanted to meet with the commissioners at the SEC um, to let them know, you know, that we support these disclosure regulations um, and again, provide any expertise or answer any questions about the field that they may ha might have while they're working through those regulations. That's a pretty big lift. Honestly, <laughs> but I, I, huge I, rules. Yeah, there are huge rules. And I have had a podcast before, maybe a couple of times, where we specifically talked about um, the scope one, two, and three emissions and mm -hmm. why those three different pieces were important. So, for folks who've listened before, they may have some idea around that. But when we talk about scope, Three. I don't know how familiar you are with that. So I don't want to put you on the spot. <laughs> I am familiar with it as a like high level concept, but I'm okay. Not <laughs> well, and that's okay. We could keep it high level. Um, why are sharing um, or, you know, um, putting in a report, the scope three emissions of a corporation so important? Yeah, my understanding is that without sort of a full picture of um, 
you know, all of the emissions that a company produces sort of throughout its value chain, investors really just don't have a full picture of what kind of risks and opportunities are there. And so having the SEC produce a rule that um, requires sort of disclosure of that full range of emissions or scopes one, two, and three, as we refer to them, um, mm. is really important to give investors that clear, you know, sort of picture into the company. Yeah, I think it's really interesting when we talk about those three separate pieces and, you know, each one sort of builds on each other when you get, you know, one, two, and three, and why that is so important for investors to have an understanding. Two plus decades ago, when I started out in this industry, it was, we talked a lot about risks that corporations faced specifically we were talking about the negative risks for um you know around climate and mm-hmm. and how a corporation who doesn't pay attention to those pieces is probably more likely to get sued down the road have higher costs associated with um potential cleanups mm-hmm. changing uh, what they're focusing on what they're doing with their in their industry just getting up to speed on a, a a better solution for um, mitigating uh, climate change. So I think that this is information that every investor should have mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it, 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 it's always interesting to me when you have, and we're going to talk a little bit about this anti-ESG, and as a reminder, it's environmental, social, and governance, which is a um, an investment process around sustainable and impact investing. So when we're looking at this big picture of what's going to happen with a corporation and where it might fall and what's, you know, what could be a problem for those individual investors down the road and losing money on their investment, all of these things are important and have to come together. Who went to that SEC meeting? Do we know? You know. Um, From our new CEO, Yes. Um, and our uh, managing director at SIF. And then we brought a few members from our uh, membership as well. Right. I had a couple of conversations with folks uh, after that meeting, and they felt very positive around it. And as you mentioned before, I think people often, investment advisors often think of the SEC as an adversary. Mm-hmm. But what we want to do is help promote the process and how we can all work together to get these important um, topics discussed and changed and, you know, make, make things happen. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing that folks, you know, maybe don't think about with the SEC is um, like, certainly they are, you know, sort of the cop on the beat, but also, you know, especially around the disclosure regulations, you know, those are meant to level the playing field for investors. And so, you know, those are actually hopefully going to help investors get a better picture of corporate behavior. And, you know, it's critical that the SEC sort of has participation from the field um, as they formulate those rules so that the rules sort of serve the field. So that's why we wanted to make sure to go in and meet with them. I like that. Make sure that the rules serve the field. It's great. (laughs) Why don't you share any other high-level takeaways that you have um, that you received from the team leaders who who went in on this adventure? 
Yeah, you know, I was really pleased um, that sort of every conversation I had with folks who were in these meetings with members of Congress, that they had really productive meetings, whether they were meeting with Republicans or Democrats, whether they, some of our members have sort of longstanding relationships with their members of Congress, or if it was a first time meeting with an office, um, it just sounds like folks were really receptive. Um, you know, sustainable investing obviously is not a new concept in the marketplace. It's not even necessarily a new concept on the Hill, but it is sort of reaching a, an apex of attention at the moment, if you will. You know, there's a lot of misinformation swirling around. And so I think there was a lot of interest from the staff in these congressional offices to just really hear from the folks who are practicing this day to day. And it sounds like the meetings were really positive and productive. So I'm thrilled about that. Yeah, they felt positive and productive for for me and our group. So I, I definitely agree with that. And you mentioned, of course, and many of us know that it just looking at the media <laughs> that we've seen lately around the anti-ESG campaigns, all of those things, we really were there to dispel some of this um, anti-ESG shall I say garbage that's out there? <laughs> <laughs> it's a casual term for it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, uh, how else are we going to change the narrative if we are not upfront saying this is what the narrative should actually be, not the negative focus that some in the media and outside of our industry are really out there promoting I think it's uh it's an important process to to get out there. You know, I think folks um do think a lot about the narrative, which is really important. Um, and like you said, sort of our, an important role of USIF is sort of dispelling myths around, you know, that are popping up in the narrative. But I think it's important for folks to think about that the narrative trickles down into actual policy outcomes. You know, it trickles down into actual pieces of legislation, into actual hearings. Um, and so, you know, we wanna shift the narrative. And then we also want to go a step further and make sure that we are, you know, shifting the policy conversation as well. So that's an important part of why we engage on the Hill on these issues. I personally wish we could do it every year, but <laughs> <laughs> not everybody would, you, you'd probably be like, oh no, I can't get that together. Every no. year. It's a lot. It's a lot of work, I think. Um, it, it is, but it's important. And we've actually been talking about you know, what is feasible in terms of bringing folks to meet with their members more frequently. So oh. stay tuned. I can't, can't say anymore at this point. That's all right. <laughs> I won't pry you for the knowledge. It's but okay. We would, we would love, you know, it's such a critical part of our work is bringing our members in to meet with Congress. So we would love to do it as frequently as is logistically possible. <laughs> Good. I'm glad to hear that. So we'll, I'll stay tuned and I'll, I can't wait to hear about that. Excellent. I want to also, before we start in a, a wrap up here, I want to give a shout out to the new CEO, Maria Latini. Uh, she's kind of a dynamo out there. I really <laughs> enjoyed meeting her. And yeah, she's uh, awesome. Yeah. And just respecting her process in terms of really listening to um, the board members, uh, mm -hmm. the other members who were present, and just getting a better sense of what we wanted out of the process and what we want out of USCIF. So I think it's going to be a good partnership long-term. It's just great. Yeah. If you had one thing 
that you wanted um, listeners to take away from Mm. the discussion today, what would that be? Yeah, that's a great question. And I appreciate you asking it. And I don't want to sound, um, I don't want to sound arrogant when I say that because I'm a, because I have been in DC for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually think that meeting with your members of Congress is easier than folks think. And again, I'm not saying that, you know, someone might be like, oh, will you do it all the time? You know, um, but it's really just a conversation. You know, the staff are really smart. They're really engaged. They're really interested in hearing from you. Um, And so, you know, with just a few pointers about sort of how do you navigate the office buildings and (laughs) oh my gosh, there's places are a (laughs) maze. Right. With like a little pointer about that and some of the sort of like what to expect in the meeting, you know, folks can totally have these meetings and talk to their members of Congress about what's important to them. So I think that would be my biggest takeaway is, you know, exercise that first amendment, right? (laughs) Get in there and talk to them about what's important to you because it's, um, yeah, it's, it, I know it can seem intimidating, but it's really, really doable. It does seem intimidating, and I 100% agree with you. It's very doable. I love sitting down with these mostly young staff members, Mm -hmm. most of whom could potentially be younger than my children. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they are so brilliant. And yeah, it gives me... um, uh, it 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 does my heart good when I get to sit down with these brilliant younger folks. They're younger than me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and just share with them my knowledge and and see them really wanting more and to have a better understanding. So I think that's that is good for our future for sure. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I would be remiss if I did not mention this as a um, U.S. CIF board member. If you are an investor and you are listening to this podcast and you participate in sustainable, responsible, and impact investing with an advisor, I want you to speak with that advisor and ask them are they and their firm members of USCIF? Yes. Right? Yeah. Because <laughs> honestly, we need more members. Um, we always need more members. It's uh, as the field has gotten larger, we need to continue to grow the membership because that way we have a bigger voice. The more people mm-hmm. who say, yes, I am a member of this organization. I believe in what they're doing and um, we won't, twist their thumbs and make them show up to the next hill day if they're not ready for that yet, but come join the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And if folks are interested, um, the website is uscif.org. Easy to remember. Yes, it is. (laughs) It's great. Well, Rachel, I want to thank you so much for coming on today and doing a little bit of a wrap up around hill day and why it's important to lobby our legislators and let them know what's important to us. So it was great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kim. This was so much fun. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and thanks, Eric. Great to meet you as well. Well, I am going to go to Eric and just ask him if he has questions before we completely end. Great. Well, there's a ton of questions. Oh, good. (laughs) So I'm, I mean, I'm going to challenge the, the listening audience to, um, dive deeper, right? I mean, you, you gave the website, 
Um, Kim, I'm going to ask you for contact info when, where people can contact you or contact Johan uh, for the things that he does uh, on behalf of folks that want to continue this conversation and do something different in their own finances. Um, yeah, I, it sounds like an amazing event, but the, the fact that I think you said 40 meetings, that's yeah. crazy. That is, right. that is so many. So um, I, I think that it's wonderful. I think that going to the website, I'm assuming is, is the main way people can get more involved, correct? Yes, but we are also on Twitter. We are on LinkedIn. So find us where um, where you are. Okay. All right. It's definitely important for um, anyone who's interested in education and around sustainability and, and investing yeah. or policy to be participating in USF. And I think it's important that your advisor if they are putting themselves out there as a ESG specialist or an impact investing specialist also have a broader understanding. So if you want to talk to an advisor who is very well versed in all of these pieces and you can't get to me, I want you to call Johan, the wonderful Johan Clausen at Horizons at 505-982- 9661 or email him at info at horizonssfs.com. If you are a new listener and you're wondering who is this Johan that, <laughs> that Kim keeps talking about, he has been a guest on the show multiple times. He's been a co-host on the show multiple times with other people on it. Um, go back into the library. Kim has a vast library of podcasts. Go back and find some podcasts that Johan has been on and listen to those and you'll immediately understand why we're telling you to call him. Uh, he's brilliant. Johan, yeah, he is brilliant. And he has such a calm demeanor when he's talking about investing. Yes. And I think he explains it very well uh, in terms of what's happening in the markets, where we've been, where we're going, all of that. He's, he's phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. So again, Rachel, thank you so much for being on the show. Kim, of course, thank you for facilitating this and bringing amazing guests onto the show. And our last thank you, of course, goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Deep Impact Investing Podcast with Kimberly Grego Kyle. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Kim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask you to share this podcast, rate it and leave a review, as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Deep Impact Investing with Kimberly Griego-Kyle, the sustainable, responsible, impact investing podcast, reminding you that it's time to invest like you give a damn. If you have questions about this podcast or topics you'd like to hear addressed on an upcoming podcast, please email me at kim at griego-kyle.com. That's G-R-I-E-G-O hyphen K-I-E-L dot com. Or give Horizons a call at 505-982-9661 and be sure to ask for Johan Klassen. Don't forget to click the subscribe button to be notified when new episodes become available and to share this podcast with colleagues, friends, and family. The companies I may speak about during the podcast are not recommendations for investment. Only you and your financial advisor can determine what the right investments are for you. 
Kimberly Griego-Kyle produces this podcast on behalf of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, Inc. is a registered investment advisor registered with the SEC. Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, Inc. and its financial professionals do not render tax or legal advice. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, Inc. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. None of this content may be used or duplicated without the express written agreement of the podcast host.